G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. If you've been wondering if concerns about the future of Australia's freedoms have been overstated, you might look no further than what's happening in the education curriculum in Australia. Those foundations that have given to us the freedoms that we can often take for granted are evaporating as new generations are increasingly being denied the truth about our heritage. Well, the latest proposal for updating the education curriculum would remove the history of the Western world and Australia's democratic and Christian heritage. Well, the proposed changes are being called radical left-wing. We might talk about what that means. Well, the Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority, ACARA, wants to increase the amount of content on other cultural perspectives, I guess at the same time reducing some things that as Christians you might say are absolutely important. Well, Our special guest today wants the government to reject the radical new curriculum and he's sounding the alarm bells. Dr Kevin Donnelly is a respected academic and commentator in the education space He established the Education Standards Institute back in 2008. He was co-head of a review into the National School Curriculum that was commissioned by former Prime Minister John Howard. He knows how difficult this battle is. He's also the author of a number of books and he's editor of his latest book called Cancel Culture and the Left's Long March. Dr. Kevin Donnelly, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Kevin, let me just mention here at the start, because I'll no doubt mention your new book, which is an anthology. It's a bunch of people who have come together with thoughts on a whole range of issues, and you're the editor. But this is not a book written for academics. It's written for ordinary people to understand the things that are changing so dramatically in our culture. Is that the way you describe it? Absolutely. It's very important that uh, when you look at the book, and I asked the contributors, there are 11 chapters. I wrote one uh, as well. But we we all agreed that we needed to get a book out there that would talk to what we were once able to call the common man, rather than academics or people in a university, you know, putting it in the shelf and uh, not having a wide readership. We thought it was critical, given the urgent uh, issues we're facing as a nation, that this book, especially for Christians, should detail the origins and dangers of what we call cancel culture or political correctness, this cultural left long march through the institutions. So we wanted to give readers an understanding of where it came from, why it's so dangerous, and what we all must do to fight against it. We'll talk about some of those issues around cancel culture and the origins and where that might be taking us, but let's talk briefly here 
about what the upshot might be if we ignore these things or if we're lackadaisical in the way that we might approach them. And now, Acura's extreme proposal uh, would completely remove all references to Christianity and ancient Greece and the values and institutions of Western civilization. Just how sick, serious is that, Kevin? When you look at the proposed curriculum uh, from the beginning of primary school, foundation to year 10, in history and civics in particular, there's a, a priority now on Indigenous, on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history, culture, spirituality. Now, there's a place for that. But what I argue, and many others are arguing, is that if, as a nation, we don't give our young people an appreciation, uh, an understanding of the good and the bad, in terms of our, our own Western culture, in terms of going back to Europe, to the United Kingdom, whether it's uh, going back to things like the Enlightenment or the Reformation, certainly the New Testament and the teachings of, of Jesus, in terms of all of us having inherent dignity. If children are not taught that much, much of our political, our legal systems are under pinned by Christianity, then it's like the oxygen we breathe. Once it's gone, it's too late, and you'll have generations of young people, and it's happening already, who are culturally illiterate, who don't have a good understanding of the foundation underpinning the reason why we're such a Western liberal democracy, and compared to many countries in Asia that are ruled by totalitarian governments, we enjoy so much liberty and so much freedom. Well, we inherited uh, so much from the British. Uh, when we talk about the idea that colonial culture is seen as uh, a form of uh, violent imperialism and aligned with uh, racism and the word invasion, uh, there are those who want to rewrite the history that takes away uh, the foundations that give us the freedoms that we're enjoying. In fact, the freedoms that they have to be able to speak about these sorts of things. Uh, this is where the danger point is, isn't it? I guess there's a line. Where's the line getting crossed here, do you think, Kevin? There's not enough recognition in the proposed curriculum, which is for all schools around Australia government, non-government, Catholic, independent, and uh, up to 34% of students go to religious schools. And this is a significant problem because if the curriculum doesn't acknowledge the beneficial influence of Christianity, then those students are not being given a balanced education. It goes back to what I mentioned briefly, the long march, that for years now, the cultural left, neo-Marxism, they've taken this long march to try and control schools, universities, the media, even the family, to indoctrinate young people with their secular, an extreme secular view. And, and that's uh, evident. Anyone who reads the curriculum, for example, at year seven, students don't have to study Egypt, Rome or uh, Greece. Now, those three civilizations underpin our democracy, much of our legal system. Obviously, I mentioned the New Testament. But if students don't understand that, and, and I'm talking now about 
countries like Canada, America, England, New Zealand, part of what we used to call the Anglosphere, if students don't have an appreciation of that civilization, where it came from, why we should acknowledge it for all its uh, sins. But, you know, if you look at history, I would argue uh, the benefits outweigh the sins. If students don't have that, then we're in danger of governments uh, becoming more totalitarian and not realising what we're losing. Kevin, just quickly, the idea of a long march. Let's just come back to that history for a moment because that's a terminology that's been used uh, since the 1920s-ish. Give us an idea. That's part of the actual title of your book, Cancel Culture and the Left's Long March. How How might we appreciate that actually affecting today's decisions? You're right in mentioning uh, the 1920s. There was a, a what they call a Frankfurt School in Germany, one of the universities there, where a number of academics realised in the West there would never be a revolution as there had been in Russia. In the West, uh, most people were very happy with uh, their life, uh, what they were able to achieve. So if you were never going to have a revolution where people took to the barricades, took to the streets, how would you overthrow capitalism? How would you overthrow Christianity? And the argument was you take the long march through the institutions, whether it's, as I mentioned, school, university, family, the media, trade unions. And so that got a push along more recently in the 1960s when we had the student riots in Paris at the Sorbonne, We had the rise of Woodstock moratoriums, Vietnam moratoriums, the whole counterculture youth movement during the 60s and 70s, along with that became what was known as critical theory, a philosophy that led to postmodernism, deconstruction, uh, gender theory, postcolonial theory. Now, all of that is explained in the first chapter of the book. And I agree with uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict, when he argues that this is a fundamental attack on the Bible, the New Testament, and on Christianity. And they're the things, as I keep saying, that underpin the free and democratic way of life that we have. And that's why parliaments in Australia begin with the Lord's Prayer. And in the preamble to the Constitution, it talks about humbly relying on the blessing of Almighty God. Your chance to give something back so we can keep going and keep growing is coming next week. Visionathon on Vision Christian Radio. Good to have you with us. Talk back line open 1-800-316-316. There is a Facebook question. How do you feel about plans to change the education curriculum, removing the history of the Western world, democracy and our Christian heritage? You'll find that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Dr. Kevin Donnelly is our guest. He's the editor of a new book, Cancel Culture and the Left's Long March. Let's take some calls, Kevin, uh, before we move on to any other issues. First of all, let's hear from John on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hello, John. Welcome. Yeah, how you doing? Good, John. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, okay, who's this fellow you're talking to? I haven't heard of him before. So what's his background again, please? Uh, our guest is uh, yeah. an, is an education uh, commentator So, uh, so and, uh, and certainly has been an advocate for... Uh, 
for uh, not dumbing down our education curriculum and changing things and rewriting the history. So uh, your thoughts quickly, John. Yes, um, what is it? it's very effective to get to, the, get to do it through the kids. It's pretty sad what's going on in, in the West, I mean in the world in general, but especially the uh, West and primarily the, uh, the Protestant West. Um, what is it? What's the old saying, Gary? Give us a child for seven years and have them for life. Interesting stuff here. When we talk about kids and educating children, uh, the children are the battlefield here. Kevin Donnelly, your thoughts for John? Well, that's very true. And uh, some years ago in Victoria, we had an education minister and premier, Joan Kerner. She gave a talk at the Fabian Society in Melbourne, and she argued all those years ago the way to overthrow capitalism, to overthrow Western culture, including Christianity, and to impose uh, a socialist state based on Marxism, the way to do that was to take control of schools. And she became education minister. Uh, the Australian Education Union is a well-known left, left-wing group, and they argue in all kinds of areas, ranging from radical gender theory to uh, multiculturalism, to uh, what uh, conservative governments try and do. The teacher union argues that, again, we have to overthrow the status quo and we have to use a curriculum to indoctrinate young people. Now, this has been going on for a good 40 years, and it's unfortunate that even with liberal state and federal governments, we don't have enough debate and argument, we don't have enough done to try and meet that challenge. John from the Gold Coast, thanks so much for your contribution. 1-800-316-316 to join in the conversation. You can help direct where our conversation goes and how it builds. Let's take a call from another John, this one in Victoria. Hi, John, welcome. Uh, Thank you. Um, I was um, just uh, listening and um, I was uh, thinking, um, because I'm still in school myself and... um, I'm doing homeschooling now, and um, I'm learning about all the the biblical worldview of how Australia started as a Christian nation. Um, I just was thinking about when I was at when I was at a Christian school. Um, that it was very brief about um, our Christian heritage as an Australian nation, and um, if they take out what's uh, briefly there, there's not going to be much left. Because I'm just only now learning. I'm in year ten now, and I'm just learning about. Um, our uh, Christian heritage. I didn't know about all of um, our Christians that um, that uh, made our nation the way it is now. I thought it was just all secular, but um, yeah, it's quite interesting. And um, if they take that out of our uh, of our schools, then it's just going to um, create a um, a generation of of a lot of um, ungodly people that don't know the historical. Um, historical um, significance of, of our Christian heritage as an Australian nation. Well, John, let me say, special honour to you, a young man, and uh, able to articulate these things just beautifully. Uh, let's get a thought or two. Kevin, uh, when you've got a young man like John who's concerned about our future and recognising that even when he was in a Christian school, it was a pretty brief mention of that history, not a lot of depth at all. What are your thoughts for John? Well, firstly, congratulations, John. You you are very articulate, and uh, there are more young people doing homeschooling because of the very problem you uh, 
you raised. I wrote earlier uh, in the year for the Daily Telegraph in Sydney about the arrival of the First Fleet. And two of the books that arrived with the convicts and uh, Governor Philip, two of the books were the King James Bible and the other was Blackstone's Laws, uh, uh, Laws of England. Now, out of both of those books and things like common law, uh, obviously we inherited from the United Kingdom, but Christianity underpins, obviously, the Bible, but also our legal system. And uh, if you go back to Magna Carta in England, if you go back to the Glorious Revolution, historically, you cannot deny that Christianity has been a significant factor. Uh, a very good book by uh, Larry Seedentrop talks about the origins of liberty, and he traces it back to the New Testament and the argument that we are all made in God's image and that it, the inherent dignity of the person is something that is God-given. And that's why the American Declaration of Independence talks about life, liberty and uh, life, liberty and freedom, happiness, being derived from God. They're not secular. Well, John, thank you so much for your call. And, uh, you know, if you're a young person listening in, you might like to give us your impression too. What do you think is happening in your school environment? Or if you're a homeschooler, you might actually uh, be at home and not at school today. Well, 1-800-316-316. Hear from you from any age. Uh, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call before news. Melody is in South Australia. Hello, Melody. Welcome. Oh, hello. I'm glad I turned on. I think it was God making me, uh, <laughs> prompting me to turn on. Now, um, I'm really glad to have heard that young teenager, John, about two or three callers back uh, when he said that when he went to a Christian school, they didn't even talk about Christianity all that much. Well, I thank God that I've got at least one grandchild in a Christian school. Um, Now, I'd like to read a small paragraph. Last night I got an email from the Australian Christian Lobby and one paragraph reads, Push for Satanism in schools, in brackets, Queensland. The new Sir Temple of Satan has filed an application to Queensland's Supreme Court to have Satanism taught in Queensland schools and for devil worshippers to be accepted as chaplains. Pray that the application will be rejected and that children will be protected from this diabolical agenda. Well, I mean, we know that um, Satan's coming, uh, that the end of the world is, I mean, really... Melody, oh, let me cut God. in here because we're about to go to news in just a few moments and uh, and you might be familiar with that, Kevin, the idea of the Noosa Temple of Satan wanting to have uh, the opportunity to teach religious instruction and, uh, and have chaplains in schools. I mean, that's almost like a sideshow uh, to the bigger issue that's happening here. 
I'm going to go to news and we won't have an opportunity to get your comment, but we might be able to save a thought or two onto what the big issues are and what the sideshows might be along the way. Some important things to touch on that were raised just before the news. We'll come to those in just a few moments, but let's first of all take a call from Nicholas in Victoria. Nicholas, thanks for waiting patiently. Hello, Nicholas. I'll get to Nicholas. Got to press the right buttons here. Hello, Nicholas. Could you hear me? Yes, Nicholas. What are your thoughts? Okay, my thought is this. With all my respect, government uh, of Australia has to change a few things. First thing is, like Latinian said, nihil sine dio, nothing without God. And the Bible says, it's nothing if you do want to build the house without me said lord god they talk to the prophets to me and you to us to die my sons both of them went in, in primary school and in the first place the lady come in and uh, tell the bible stories but after that they stopped for about few years i didn't know why but then they said because we had another religion that's not true we respect other religion but we supposed to be here in this country christianity and another religion. We, we love, I love to talk to another religion, especially with the Islamic people. They, they love God. But we have God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. God of the God, God of universe. Nicholas, I'm going to get a thought or two from our guest, okay. Kevin. I'm just noting that you're calling us today from Victoria. Victoria, a little ahead of other states here when it comes to shutting down issues of Christianity in our education curriculums. But, uh, Kevin Donnelly, what are your thoughts for Nicholas? Well, I, I, I agree with Nicholas. Uh, obviously, Judeo-Christianity is one of the foundation stones, a very important one. I'm... Um, in terms of the school curriculum, I think it's also very important where possible to understand that uh, things like the Enlightenment, the idea of being rational, empirical, with science, for example, there is a, a strong uh, idea there that doesn't always... Uh, it, it's Well, one of the popes, I forgot which one, I think John Paul called the two wings of a butterfly. We have to talk about rationality and reason at the same time we have to talk about Christianity. So I'm uh, very much in favour of a balanced view. So, for example, there will be times in physics or chemistry where you need to look very carefully at uh, those subjects and disciplines while at the same time in history or literature or art you acknowledge Christianity, Judeo-Christianity, as one of the foundation stones. Nicholas in Victoria, thank you so much for your call and your input. I know there were some more things that you had to say. I do want to make opportunity for others to have their say as well. 1-800-316-316. Let's come back to one of those issues that was raised just before the news, Kevin. And uh, we had a caller who said, uh, the Noosa Temple of Satan wants to introduce uh, those people who would represent them into our schools, teaching religious instruction and being chaplains in schools. Uh, there's an issue here, and I said uh, that's a little more like a sideshow to the main battle. 
and it's almost like uh, one of those things that, of course, you might expect uh, to be a symptom of what's really going on underneath the surface. But, Kevin, what are your thoughts here? Because uh, you suggest that the devil wears lots of disguises and not just someone who might be wearing a cape and some red horns. What are your thoughts here? (laughs) No, that's very true. And uh, when I was younger, I read uh, C.S. Lewis, the screw tape letters, and he made the point that uh, when you're looking at the devil or evil, that uh, it can be the person next to you on a train or a tram or in a bus who uh, might be in a suit, might be going to work. I mean, that caricature of the devil with horns and a pitchfork uh, is misleading in a way because I was talking about this the other day to a friend and we were trying to think about what was evil. And uh, we started to talk about evil being the absence of God, being a, a space where God was not allowed. Now, that is what is happening with much of Western culture. It's not just Australia. Douglas Murray wrote a very good book, The Death of Europe. And he is not a Christian, but he argued that even in the United Kingdom and Europe over the last 20, 30 years, Christianity, Judeo-Christianity, is being airbrushed from history. It's being ignored. And that's happening whether it's in the school curriculum whether it's in the way people are being governed. So we have to understand uh, that the way evil works, it can be outwardly, it can look as though it's not an issue, not a threat. But when you look beneath it, what's inspiring and uh, what the rationale is behind it, it, it can be very dangerous. Well, thank you so much to that person who raised uh, issues around Satan. Uh, The idea of the devil in disguise, uh, that the devil may be wearing a suit. In actual fact, while we're cautious not to say uh, uh, that uh, there is a a devil uh, who is personally wearing a suit, there are those who are going to be wearing suits who are going to be in the middle of this battle for our education, for our children, aren't they? So there is a certain sense in which people are polarising one side to another here and perhaps the battle looks like uh, the number of people wearing suits on the devil's side might be more than on the on God's side. What are your thoughts here for that idea, Kevin? Uh, I mean, I'm not taking it literally, uh, but <laughs> there is a real danger here. Uh, Archbishop Fisher in Sydney talks about absolutist secularism. Now, I, I, I accept that Australia, we're not a theocracy. So it's not like Iran, where the Ayatollah would rule. We, we are a Westminster parliamentary democracy, where there is a division between church and state. I accept that. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge and understand that underpinning our political, our legal system is Judeo-Christianity. Now, the danger is, within the curriculum, but also, as I said, within the many, uh, and I'm not condemning teachers here but if you look at the Australian Education Union even subject associations like the English Teachers Association they're very much uh, characterised by this absolutist secularism they see no role for Christianity Uh, the English Teachers Association for example says that in the classroom now teachers should not teach gender specific 
pronouns. So you're not allowed to say he or she. You have to be gender neutral. It's becoming absurd, but also very dangerous. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Nathan is in Perth in WA. Hello, Nathan. Welcome along. Okay, Neil. How are you going? Very well, Nathan. What are your thoughts? Uh, look, I'm just going to call it what it is. I think it's an attack from the enemy trying to get our next generation because the next generation will grow up and they'll be the ones to take our spots <coughs> and run society. And if we take God out of the classroom, out of the centre of education, then you have a world without God, and that's what the enemy wants. And I think it's very important for us as parents or even as just as citizens to get involved because we are very lucky to actually be in a democracy where we can have our voices heard. So I think it's very important for us to get involved, to let, to let the world know that we are Christians, that our country was founded upon Christian values and that we should have this remain in our school system. In an in education system. Good thoughts, Nathan. A quick response from Kevin. Uh, you're dead right, Nathan. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, the uh, American president, many years ago, and I quote him in the in the book, the chapter I've written on school education. Abraham Lincoln argued that the children in the classroom, that generation of young people, they will be the electors and the voters of the future and what happens in the classroom will determine government policy government legislation a generation later nathan thank you so much for your call talk back line open 1-800-316-316 let's hear from graham in tasmania in bernie hello graham welcome along thanks very much look our students and our professors in our colleges this is a communist thrust through liberalism for those who hate God. And it's not going to go away, unfortunately, for a while. Uh, it's just just absolutely foolish when you look at it, the nonsense that the governments uh, are going along with. You know, it's just uh, so upsetting to see all this happening. And, you know, really that uh, Scripture, Second Thessalonians, Second chapter says, falling away for the nations are falling away from god especially the nations that have been so blessed we've turned our back on god and now mr biden in america that's fulfilled as far as i can see that we're going downhill and if we don't repent we've got the uh coronavirus problem god is trying to get us to take notice graham good thoughts let me get a a, a thought or two here from kevin donnelly it's uh, true, and I mentioned Douglas Murray, uh, the uh, English uh, author. It's true that around the West, some people even talk about a godless society or a post-Christian society. We have to understand, though, that uh, Christianity, especially in Asia uh, and uh, South America, in, in the African continent, Christianity is very popular. It's on the upswing. It's growing. It seems to be an issue in the West. And I'm just hopeful that uh, we have enough people. Uh, and with the last election, federal election, there was a strong move, especially among uh, Christians in, in northern Queensland, for example, to vote conservative, to vote for Scott Morrison. 
And uh, many people, uh, there was a survey only last year from the ABC, over uh, just under 70% of people said they were fed up with political correctness. So what I'm saying is globally, Christianity is, is growing. And within Australia, there's now a bit of a groundswell where people are beginning to understand. And this is the reason Bill Shorten lost the last election. Even the review that the ALP did into that election said that the Labor Party had to uh, understand that Christians tended to vote conservative. So even within Australia, I'm hopeful things will improve. Graham in Burnie in Tasmania, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Talkback line is open. Kevin, I mentioned in the introduction that you have faced this battle before. In fact, you were a co-head of a review of the Australian Education Curriculum uh, commissioned by John Howard when he was Prime Minister. But I do recall from an earlier conversation, even then when you were arguing that so many of these elements of our Western Christian uh, liberalism needed to be included into our education curriculum and even developed further, uh, that not much came from the review that you did. So could this work yeah. actually uh, could this work actually in the favor of Australia uh, if if it's so hard to actually make any change to the education curriculum? Yeah, uh, just before I answer that, it was John Howard that the national curriculum was uh, developed. But the review I co-chaired in 2014 was actually Tony Abbott was the Prime Minister. Okay. So uh, just a small correction That's there. Right. But you, 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 you're dead right. At the time of that review, uh, we had hundreds of submissions arguing for a greater focus on Judeo-Christianity and Western civilization. And it was no secret uh, that that was a view I held. But because of that, uh, I was vilified and attacked on social media for being uh, a Christian, for, you know, terrible things. Uh, people saying that uh, I hope you die or that, uh, you know, something happens to your family. It was quite uh, violent, this hatred that some people have towards Christianity. And, and that's an issue that people like Margaret Court, uh, Israel Folau have, have to face. And there are people every, every month or every second week who are often pressured at work because they are Christian, whether they're doctors or nurses, for example, who don't want to be involved in abortion or euthanasia. They're often pressured. And some doctors, there was one in Victoria who was being uh, pressured to lose his credentials. It, they were going to deregister him. him. So it's not just me. There are many other Christians who face this battle. But, uh, uh, you know, my mother used to say, with the grace of God, we are able to confront these uh, issues and with a good heart uh, and a good argument, hopefully we'll win the day. I sometimes think in the context of Australia's history, and we're still a young nation, and Christianity has shaped our culture until such a time as this when there is a battle to be fought. But there have been many battles over the past two and a half centuries, Kevin Donnelly. 
Is this a battle now that there needs to be those who will stand up and they'll fight this battle because the outcome of it will determine our Christian foundations into the future? Is this a battle worth fighting, some people might be asking? It's definitely a, a, a battle that we, we must fight. And uh, I mean, in many ways, whether you're a Christian or not, should not uh affect your judgment here i mean when i i wrote an article for the sydney morning herald yesterday and i said part of the argument for judeo christianity in the curriculum it's not about preaching or proselytizing it's not about trying to convert people even though that is important as christians we need to do that but it's more about acknowledging that underpinning our way of life is christianity so it's a broad front if you like uh, i mentioned douglas murray who's a agnostic but he argues the case uh, for christianity so it, it's a battle that we all have to join anybody who is against indoctrination uh mind control groupthink we're approaching a stage that george orwell talked about in 1984 where big brother the the party uh, is determining how people think, the language they use, how they uh, relate to one another personally and at work and in school. So we need to understand that this is a, a significant battle that we all have to uh, join and especially we need to protect young people in schools so that they're not unduly indoctrinated. Time's running short. Let's try and squeeze in one more call. Gary is in Sydney. And Gary, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just wanting to say, like, sometimes we need to be aware and how better can we be made aware of, of certain groups um, uh, that promote stuff that sound good on the surface. Like, like White Ribbon Day, who was promoting... Um, violence against women, but they also were were backing um, uh, late-term abortion and all that sort of stuff. And there's been other groups I've seen in the past that promoting stuff that seemed, like I said, seemed good on the surface, but there was one group, I forget who they were, they promoting um, acceptance of people, but, but they're also backing um, uh, same-sex marriage, gender dysphoria, all those sort of things that were against. Um, one we need, I think we need to be aware of, how can we, we be better made aware of um, all groups out there who um, have hidden agendas? Good thoughts, Gary. Quick response from Kevin. Well, I, I was going to be cheeky there and say the book Cancel Culture and the Left's Long March does address that issue, but there are many others as well. Uh, you're dead right. I mean, a, a good example about how the left work Safe Schools, the gender program that went national, was presented as uh, anti-bullying. But one of the designers, Ros Ward, admitted it was more about a radical neo-Marxist agenda to overthrow the family. So we do need to think carefully and to investigate. Now, whether it's listening to a radio show like this, whether it's watching TV, there are, I often appear on Sky News, whether it's reading journals or papers, we do need to be critically informed 
because you're dead right. Uh, the left often disguise what they're doing so that it looks reasonable. But uh, underneath is this very neo-Marxist-inspired, uh, politically correct approach, which is undermining the very foundations of our way of life. Gary in Sydney, thank you so much for your call. Time is running out and I want to encourage listeners, get a hold of Kevin's latest book. And Kevin, it is an anthology. There's a whole lot of contributing people into this book. You say you wrote one of the chapters there on education and uh, uh, from my information, uh, 11 contributors overall, including the uh, geologist and climate alarmism resistor Ian Plymer, there's academic and commentator Anthony Dillon, education commentator Jennifer Oriel, former Prime Minister Tony Abbott, sociologist Gary N. Marks, educationalist Fiona Mueller and National Civic Council's Patrick J. Byrne. And, of course, uh, conservative commentator Peter Credlin provides an orienting foreword. And uh, no doubt there'll be listeners who are wanting to be getting a hold of that. Uh, Let me give the website where you can access that, kevindonnelly.com.au. kevindonnelly.com.au. The book is called Cancel Culture and the Left's Long March. Uh, I would say keep your eye out for articles written by Kevin about this topic and those appearances that he has, perhaps on Sky News, or if he's our guest again sometime into the future on 2020. Kevin Donnelly, always great getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.